Welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the Minister of Formation at Good Samaritan Episcopal Church in San Diego, California. And I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the Youth Missioner for the Diocese of San Diego. And we're back for the Sunday leading up to November 15th. We're getting dangerously close to Advent. I know. I know. And once one step too far, and we will be in Advent. Watch out, everybody. Uh, <laughs> proper 28 is the proper for those following along in their liturgical calendars that we'll be talking about today. Matthew 25. We're just gliding right along in Matthew's uh, gospel narrative. Um, but before we get into the gospel for today, you know, we always like to we always like to check in about where God is or is not apparently in the world um no is is is, david we want to know where i would like to invite you to share where did you experience god this week right god is always present just sometimes hard to tell how and sometimes easy to tell how yeah yeah one the the place i saw god this last week was actually on uh this past monday night um november 2nd at Good Sam, we had a um, we had like a little contemplative service with like first of all there was incense, which is oh. amazing for me. I always there's something about incense that just like I think it's because it I always oh, I, I associate it so closely with church and like sacred space, I guess, uh, and community, uh, and even like in my own personal prayer practice, doing incense when I meditate, and I've done that in the past, and so like. And it brings me back to that kind of place. So incense always helps me to feel God's presence. Um, but I would say that it, it was like the service was really nice. Uh, but my job there was to like greet people and, and usher them in and try to space them out. <laughs> you know, cause it was actually inside a building. Uh, everybody had their own pew and it's a, like a really big space. So um, it was quite safe, but like the, the the joy for me in it was like i'm i'm really happy that we had it and it was like a time especially in with so much anxiety um leading up to election day and still happening right now as we record this podcast with you know no no clarity exactly what's going to happen but it was like just to be able to stand outside um at night in like the cool air and to like see so many people that i just have no, not seen in like six months. It's just so crazy. You know, people that I used to seeing every week or even people like that. I've only actually now ever met on zoom just to like be physically with them is just a reminder of God being present when there are two or three gathered, you know, like in a way that is not, I'm sure it's still true on zoom, but it's just harder to feel, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. that, that kind of presence. So, that's where I felt God this week was just in that, in that quiet, dark time. <laughs> um, but like as those faces emerged from the parking lot, you yeah. know, it was just really cool. Well, and something you shared at the beginning really resonated with me because you were talking about how incense for you, you so closely associate with worship and that you use it sometimes when you meditate and mm-hmm. it's an experiential connection 
to God for you. Um, and for me, when you said that, when you talked about associating it with church, I immediately went, well, that's why I like candles in my mm -hmm. head. That's my, the way that I connect. And when I light that flame, I feel that immediate connection to God. And I'm just right. wondering, you know, from our listeners, what do you, what experiences, what tangible experiences mm -hmm. help you feel that connection, mm -hmm. especially in the times when we feel darkness and disconnect? Mm -hmm. um, what What is your tool? Yeah, that's a great question. And like every week, we would love for you to send us, really actually send us the answer to that question. You can email us uh, the answer mm -hmm. to that question or any of your questions that you have or comments from whatever we're going to talk about on the podcast today uh, from your, your week of uh, faith discussion and reflection based on the gospel, email us faith to go at edsd.org. Uh, you can also contact us through the website where you'll also find all those faith to go resources, www.myfaith2go.org. And you can contact us or follow us on Instagram at faith to go direct message. So uh, we're going to get into the gospel though this week, proper 28, as I said. For November 15th, Matthew 25, 14 to 30, another parable from Jesus. And Charlotte is going to read it, and then we are going to each highlight a point and then uh, share one. Here we go. Matthew 25, verses 14 to 30. For it is as if a man going on a journey summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trusted in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with the two talents also came forward, saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master replied, you wicked and lazy slave. You knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers and on my return, I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one with 10 talents. For to all those who have more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. 
Okay. There are a couple things to say about this uh, parable context-wise. This is the last parable Jesus tells in Matthew's gospel. So, again, to, to just remember again, like, when we're talking about parables, no, no one parable is going to fully encompass what Jesus is trying to teach about the kingdom of heaven. They're all kind of different pieces or aspects. I've called them, like, a different, like, threads in a larger tapestry. So we can't lose the the tapestry for the thread. You know, like we need to keep an eye on the whole thing. And so when we're talking about this one, which is talking about like money and resources, we need to balance this one with the, you know, the parable of about us uh, giving the same wage to everybody that worked, you know, all mm-hmm. day. Um, the parable of the unforgiving servant, which was, you know, a few weeks ago. Um, and so... This particular resource they're talking about is talents. This is a, something that we talked about with the unforgiving servant because uh, that was about talents also. And talents, like we've said before, is not your talent, your ability to do something. It is a, a measurement of money. Uh, or e- It's even really like a weight of silver or mm-hmm. gold. So a talent would be equal to 15 years weight, worth of wages. So in modern t- right now the average income in the US is $63,000. That means that uh one talent would be almost a million dollars. And this wow. this person gives out eight talents, which I assume is a ch- a large chunk or if if not all of his property cuz he's going on this journey. It's a it's a big chunk of money. It's not like they gave them $5 and $2 and $1. It's like you know, millions of dollars that that they're hand, that this person is handing out. So it's a significant sum, and it also seems that this person is gone for a significant amount of time because it also is, mm-hmm. it's not like they went on a journey and came back the next day. It was like and and a long time after he left, he came back and called them. So just kind of keeping an eye on like the quantities of things, the time, the money, the everything, uh, and that's pretty much what's happening here. Um, and Charlotte has. The first point for today. I do. I do. And I actually want to skip the slave with the five talents and the slave with the two talents and talk about our friend with the single talent that was left to him. Um, The single talent that was left to him and paralyzed him, unable to do anything with it, not to double its value, not to be able to give it to the banker so that it generated interest. Instead, he dug a hole and hid it. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's relatable. I have to say that that overwhelming fear and paralyzation that comes with it, with great responsibility, is a relatable experience. Mm -hmm. I think that we have to really look at why he ended up where he did. And consider if there's a piece of us in that too, right? Have there been things in our lives that have so overwhelmed us that instead of tackling them, dealing with them, moving through what it is that is facing us, instead we're like, oh, look, shiny over there, right? Or, oh, I have to make my grocery list for the next five months or clean my bathroom or anything other than face this big, hard scary thing that is looming in front of us. Mm -hmm. And for the slave in this instance, 
it was the responsive it was responsibility and it was expectation mm -hmm. it was the expectation of doing something with this talent that he was given and he got overwhelmed mm -hmm. and he got scared and he buried it in the ground and i want to backtrack from it just a little bit to the part at the beginning where we hear that they were each given according to their ability. So the master in this in this parable that we have just heard knew who this slave was. He, I would argue, knew that he was going to get overwhelmed, right? And he's like, I can't, I can't give you five talents because I know what's going to happen if I give hmm. them to you. Or maybe I'm afraid of what's going to happen hmm. if I give them to you. But I believe in the, your ability to handle this one talent. And so I'm going to give it to you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you this one talent and see what you can do with it. And I know we're going to explore that a little bit more in further points. But I think that it's important to note that in that moment when that slave was too afraid to process it, when the overwhelm was too much and he dug the hole and that he buried the talent, that in his choosing to do that, he chose to disregard his ability mm. because he had been given according to his ability. And that in that same way, in our own paralyzation, and let's be honest, the world right now can be a pretty scary place. Yeah. And there is a temptation for each of us to shut ourselves away, to run and hide, to not participate in what is going on outside of the four walls of our house. That when we choose to do that, that we are disregarding our own ability and we are ignoring God's call. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it, it begs the question in, in times of, you know, great fear or, or anxiety or worry, which happen a lot, um, especially right now. Um, mm -hmm. What is the what is the resource that we are unwilling to share of our own? And that could be a lot of things, you know, that could be, that could be a, a, like a tangible resource, monetary or, or some sort of material, something or other. But I think for every single person, there's some part of ourselves, there's some resource we have that we believe is scarce and that we are bereft of, you know, that we do not have enough of to survive. And so we bury, there are parts of all of us that we are, have buried out of fear and, and been paralyzed in doing so. And that, you know, is the thing that, is the thing that, that separate, that, that throws us out into that outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know, it's not a punishment so much as it's a natural kind of outcome of that paralysis, fear, scarcity, and, you know, holding back the parts of ourselves that could benefit the world around us and benefit ourselves and, and the people that we love or even the people that we don't know you know um and so i, I think that that kind of goes to this to the to the second point which is my point about um this kind of thinking about this as like in a in a, in a little glimpse into the economy of the kingdom of heaven this kind of radical shift in the economy that jesus is interested in teaching about and expounding on because like i said you know we've had a number of different parables about resources where the where kind of the the metaphor is money 
or some kind of, uh, yeah, is money essentially. Yes. So, so it's, we've had the unworthy servant. We've had the dishonest manager, you know, we've had the, uh, the parable of the, the laborers in the vineyard, um, all getting paid the same amount. So this, this parable on its face almost kind of mirrors like how we see the wealth gap happening in the United States. You know, it's like, the, to to those who have more will be given and to those who do not have even what they have will be taken away that that is in a nutshell how we've gotten to where we are right now and continue yeah. continue to see that pattern playing out wealth kind of has this gravity to it the more you the more you have the more you have the more you're going to get and that is distressing you know and it is like a legitimate issue and i cannot imagine that jesus is uh, um, is teaching that the kingdom of heaven mirrors that wealth gap, that the economy of the kingdom of heaven is that. So because before, you know, in those other parables, it's been about like forgiving debt, you know, and everybody getting equal resources. You know, it's so, like we have to, again, balance this with those and take them all kind of together and see them as this larger picture. And so... I wonder instead if we kind of flip it on its head, is the one person with the one talent actually the wealthiest people who are more interested in the status quo than with sharing what they have? Is that is it that the the real kind of critique of our behavior, the kind of morality and ethic of this is are you willing to to live into this communal effort to give freely of what you have and 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 you can have been given a whole lot um or very little but it's not so much about how much you've been given or even how much you return but how much you're willing to let go of you know and and the critique then is of the people who are unwilling to let go of what they have that are unwilling to to buy into this freer, more equal economy that are unwilling to give up for the sake of the greater good and thus don't get to kind of enter into that joy that that the the master uh, says that they will enter into now that they've that they've given away in the hope that they will receive back, but not with the guarantee, you know, and the opposite of that is burying it and never letting go of anything and hoarding because that is the critique to me is, is about hoarding resources instead of letting them flow and seeing what happens and believing in this abundance that leads to more abundance. It's more of a critique of that's the scarcity and you can be extremely wealthy and still live in a scarcity mentality. And that is what really leads to the gap kind of continuing to grow is that people aren't willing to, to undo it, you know? And so as long as that stays stuck, you know, people stay stuck and people continue to lose what they have and the people that have too much continue to gain. But that is like, that is not the, the kind of kingdom of heaven economy we're talking about because there's other resources that are, that, that are equally, if not more important, you know, than, than those physical ones. And if we, if we are fearful and hoarding of those physical resources, even the other resources that we that we have will be taken away, you know? And so it's just kind of this different kind of way of interacting with resources that Jesus 
again is trying to invite us to do. Right. And I have to say, David, as you were talking about the wealth gap and perhaps that in this story that the wealthiest people are the ones with only one talent, right? Because you were given according to your ability, going back to my mm. point. Um, I also think about the widow's might mm. and, and how that relates to this as well, right? Because it's that idea of generosity beyond what is reasonable to give, giving out of an abundance of generosity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that our call is that the that when we give all that we have, every single ounce of it, not just what is comfortable to give, that then there's enough for everyone. Right. Um, and I think that it's a really powerful thing to consider right now in this in this moment is what are we holding back? What piece is are we protecting mm-hmm. within ourselves so that we are afraid to even open up and share mm-hmm. with others? Mm-hmm. And and yeah, I think that kind of that kind of leads to the third point, our joint point, because it's not. <laughs> I think that. I think that the again the critique at the end is not so much about the people's success in getting a a good return on their investment. It's about having done the work. It's about having tried in the first place, you know? And so like uh, it's what's what struck me in reading through this today was this line in the very beginning uh verse 15 to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, and you've said this before, to each according to his ability. And this word ability is actually the Greek word dunamis, which is the word for power. And that word dunamis is all very often associated with God and not with individual people. And so it's it's interesting that like that this that this story is is, is emphasizing individual people's power. And their ability and their capacity to do this work in the world, and so it's almost like the the critique then of this the fact that the slave that the servant at the end of the story is called useless and lazy mm-hmm. is they're useless not because they didn't produce more, not because they didn't double their money, but because they didn't try at all. You know, it's mm-hmm. almost as if he had returned empty handed and said, I tried to I tried I, I gave this away and I hoped to, to get something back. And I didn't that mm-hmm. the, the master would have said, well done, good and faithful, faithful servant. You were faithful with what I mm-hmm. gave you because you believed in the abundance of what you were right. given. And even more will be given next time. Come into my joy. Right. And it's more that that the that it was born like their actions were born out of this fear they did they were unwilling to try and they didn't believe in that res- that that response was they were going to get that response because what they said was i know that you are a hard man that they, mm-hmm. and that word is like you are a stubborn stiff-necked person that like <laughs> you can't <laughs> you can't turn from your desire to accumulate wealth and the master is actually saying it's not so much about you accumulating wealth as you trying. I don't yes. care what you produce. I care that mm-hmm. you you try, you know? And like how freeing and liberating would that be if like if we could really live into like move away from our formation in 
in this kind of production-based economy of the world where we are as we are worth what we produce and we are really worth what we what we are willing to put in like we 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 celebrate one another and ourselves for the attempt and not for the uh <laughs> and not for the product you know the process yeah, well, and not and the I, end goal well and i think david as you were talking i was like yes try but how powerful it is if you take that word try and instead you substitute learn and grow, mm-hmm. right? Because I think that so much of what we get from God and so much of what we hear from Jesus is a call to learn and grow. Mm-hmm. Just going right back to what you said, if that slave had tried it all, what might he have learned in that situation? Mm-hmm. How might he have grown? Mm-hmm. But when we're, again, paralyzed by our fear, when we dig the hole and we bury it in the ground, then we close ourselves off mm-hmm. um, from the abundance of God and for growing and learning in our own potential in that relationship. Yeah, and what the other two learned was that when you give it away, you get it back. You know, what they <laughs> yes. learned was the actual practice of abundance, which is what the master did in the first place because the master entrusted things believing in them that they that the master would get them back you know so the master models this abundance and then the servants follow suit and in the in as much as they do not follow suit they lose something lose something real so that is our discussion for today those are our three points point number one was about running and hiding and burying our our resources you know how are we being paralyzed and fearful and living into that kind of sense of scarcity in that fear uh the other one the next one number two was mine it was about the willingness to give to to release to give up what we have in and believing faithfully that we will receive it back um in a in a greater way than we let go of it in a communal kind of way and then the third one was you know this critique of jesus about productivity and usefulness and uselessness not so much about what you return what your return on investment is but but where your intentions lie and how you how you are living into this life of abundance and possibility and hope and joy and that to learn that giving up uh is a practice of abundance and that you will always receive more than you've given uh is the joy of the kingdom of heaven so having heard those three points, we invite you to go back and read this gospel, see if anything else jumps out to you. We'd love to hear if you have any questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussion or reflection. If something jumps out to you from this gospel, you can email us, faith to go at edsd.org. You can contact us through the website, www.myfaith2go.org, and you can also contact us or follow us on Instagram at faith to go We would love to hear from you. That is our discussion for this week leading up to november 15th proper 28 and we'll be back next week to talk about christ the king the last sunday in ordinary time crazy november 22nd aka proper 29 until then we say goodbye bye everybody bye everybody